And we're back with the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast. We appreciate you turn, tuning in to this uh, episode, episode 182. 182. I'm your host, Josh Shelton, my friend and co-host, Ryan Ray. Ryan, man, it's cold outside. Uh, we got uh, we got a little bit of good news in, in the oil patch this week. Uh, things are still pretty tough. How was your Thanksgiving, man? That's uh, I guess that's the first question. Well, I was at your house for Thanksgiving, so you tell me how it was. Hey, that was supposed to be undercover, man. I don't want people coming in. <laughs> you don't want everybody knowing, huh? No, no. We we they, they may they may end up, you know, invading uh invading the Shelton household. No. Newsom may hear that uh that I had more than six people over. Yeah, yeah, that commie. No, it was good, man. I had a good time. Uh then we had some family come in the day after, so that was good. Um, you know, uh I know you had family in as well, so yeah. you know, how was yours? So, uh, you know, you were there, you were there Thanksgiving day, but my mom, uh, and my, my wife's mom came in. Um, so we, we kind of hung out, uh, that day and then we did, we, uh, did a little, well, I say we, uh, my wife took, uh, the girls on a little black Friday shopping that, that day with her mom and <laughs> they went and hung out and Mm-mm. Mm-mm. me, well, they, they went, you know, it was like 10, 10 to 12 or something like that. But me and the boys, we, we hung out, we, uh, we came home and. Uh, I think we went and got something to eat. We just kind of hung out, man. Just been being lazy, drinking coffee, eating extra food. Uh, I, ate fun. Of, I ate a lot of food, a lot of food. Hey, Josh, you know, we got, um, let me just put that out there. So we got a, a hit from someone the other day. Actually, uh, Steph, the intern, also reached out last night. A couple people looking to sponsor the show. So we hadn't talked about that recently. But um, if you want us to have sponsors, then what you do is you do nothing. You do nothing. And we are going to bring on sponsors. If you do not want us to have sponsors, then what you can do is we'll link to this in the show notes is you can use our Texas and gas Substack affiliate code. So it's for the war room newsletter. You get 30% off. If you use this, it supports the show supports Josh and I, and um, that will keep us ad free. So if you want to hear us say, did you know that mint flossers are made by, good sense and they're very cool and you could get them for two nine nine, then yes, you could do that. Or if you say, you know what? I want to hear these buffoons talk more about what I like to hear about. Then go use the link. We will link to it in the show notes um, and sign up and you get 30% off. And Josh has got all them kids. So sign up twice. Or three times. Or three times. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ryan, I mentioned some, uh, some good news. So uh, I believe that, this came out November 28th. Uh, let me check oilprice.com. We were at $45 two days ago. Let me check where we're at this morning. We're still at 45, 45, 12 as of this morning. So oil price is coming up. Um, I, I pulled up two articles. Uh, apparently this, uh, this increase in price has to do with the, I guess the hope or the anticipation of the release of the vaccine. Uh, I, I would think so. Uh, Pushing the prices up is this short term a uh, little bump in in the stock prices or is this going to be a, a long term thing? We're not really sure, uh, but it, well, it's good to see. Yeah, you got so you got OPEC who's been meeting this morning, um, and I don't know. Let's see here. Ellen has sent me the articles for our show this afternoon. Let me see what it says here. OPEC members extend to this is from. 40 minutes ago when as, as, so we're recording at 10 15 so 
940. OPEC members agreed to extend oil cuts by three months. Um, and so that would put them out until, uh, I guess that's until March. Yeah. By three months from January. So yeah, to March or April. So they're going to extend until then. So, um, so you have some good news there for the prices. There'll be cuts will be extended at least for the next few months. Um, yeah, yeah, vaccine news. And so, you know, the, the the market is just wonky right now. And that's the and that's the scary part is that do you really have faith, whether it's the Dow, the S&P, or the oil prices, that what we're seeing is a reflection of the fundamentals, or is it something that's overinflated because of, you know, the Fed pumping, you know, dollars into corporate bonds and, and all of all the various things that that, that they have done. Yeah. Uh, you know, New York City shut down the schools. I know they're getting ready to open back up some of their schools here in the next couple of weeks. Um, but, you know, I, I'm curious to see this week when the Black Friday numbers come out, um, you know, what that does to the market. So if we had a strong Black Friday relative to last year, then, you know, it'd probably be good for the market. If it was a pretty abysmal Black Friday, then, you know, you might see some correction coming because folks are going to start to, to, to realize that maybe, you know, you know, maybe the average consumer just doesn't have the type of funds to spend that they were hoping for. Yeah, you know, I've, I've been seeing some some mixed signals. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, I saw something that said that everything looked great in terms of the um, the stock market except for bonds, and uh, and people are saying that's actually very concerning uh, because at some point uh, these things are going to have to make some some adjustments. So um, I, I did see, uh, you know, you got Pfizer, you got Moderna. There's another um, there's another uh, vaccine that was touted to be, I think, at 70%, which was much lower that's uh, supposed to be coming out. I think Russia, they released one that was, I think, one percentage better than uh, the, the, the one that America's talking about releasing. So there's a lot of talks going on about that. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering I'm wondering what exactly is about to happen with, you know, I, I, Fauci said the s- schools need to keep the older kids out, but the younger ones can start going back to school. And he actually recommended they do that because it they're they're not um, prone to spread it as much as was was originally thought. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you got news like that that's coming out. So you got vaccine. You got you got if, if they open up elementary schools, school buses, schools uh, back in person. If they start moving that direction, that helps. Uh, obviously, we'd like to see it. You know, more widespread. You know, the older older kids as well. But um, you see a couple of little things like that starting to develop that may end up pushing this demand up sooner than sooner than what we thought maybe last week. Um, Yeah. I mean, it'll push it up, but you know, until, until folks, um, until the economies are open back up and folks are willing to get out and about, you know, it's just, it's not going back to where it was. And so, you know, I think we got one talking about the rig counts up 10 rigs again. Uh, And so, you know, that's kind of the balance is that you have, you might have an, an uptick in demand, but then you have an uptick in drilling and production, then you're going to, you're going to offset that somewhat. Yeah. Hey, well, look guys, I'm, I'm trying to give you all some good news after Thanksgiving. I, I'm, hey, I'm doing hey, my best. I'm doing my best here. Hey, the spin zone. Josh, the spin zone. I love it. I love it. Well, um, well, we got, uh, we got another article that came out and uh, you, it, you're probably wondering once we go over it, why, why I bring it up. There's a energy journal, oil and gas stimulus program shows promising initial results in Wyoming. 
what does that have to do with Texas oil and gas? Well, um, I found it just an interesting uh, article just from the standpoint of seeing how other states were dealing with some of these problems. So uh, Governor Mark Gordon created a um, Wyoming's energy rebound program to give companies the money they need to complete specific projects. They include plugging, abandoning wells, drilling uncompleted wells and recompleting. And it's 15 million in federal coronavirus relief money. They said there were 65 eligible applications. They far exceeded, far exceeded the $15 million budget, but it did give them some funds for these companies to start going in and getting to work. Now, when I look at that number, 15 million, that's really not a lot. I mean, that um, you need you need several more zeros there before I think it has a significant impact. But um, it's interesting to me to see that there are things that other states are doing to try to get some of these oil and gas companies producing. Uh, the problem is, I don't know if that's actually going to be a good investment, honestly, because if oil prices are where they are and you give these this money out to some of these companies, are they actually going to be able to take it and turn a profit? That's going to be the question. Um, obviously, they can profit if the money they're given is free, but um, is it fake or is it going to be a real long-term benefit, a real long-term profit? Right. So if I'm reading this right, so they got for plugging and abandoning, drilling uncompleted wells or recompleting wells. Well, if you're plugging and abandoning wells, obviously you're, you know, that's you know environmental. And yeah. Right. Right. The other two, though, is, uh, would, would bring barrels onto the market. And to your point, you might be detrimental. Like, you know, hey, 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 you're broke here. We're going to give you money so you can be more broke. You know, <laughs> it's, it's you're, you're putting the barrels on the market, which might be counterintuitive. Um depending on how many barrels we're talking about, obviously, but you know, it, it is an interesting thing. And, you know, the, the, and we talked about this back in March and multiple times, just, you know, the government on some level, and I don't know what Wyoming did, so I can't say, um, but the government on some level is responsible for these, these low oil prices. Um, you know, where would they be without government interfere, interference and stuff like that? You know, no one knows, but we do know what happened. And so they are, they are responsible. Um, so should the government start bailing companies out and stuff and you get this thing where you want to say no, because you know, you know how that goes. But the problem is, is that they are responsible and the responsible party should have to pay damages. Um, and so, um, you know, yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how it goes, but um, yeah, I, I do agree. 15 million is probably not a, a lot to really make a dent in, in much things. Yeah, I mean, it may be more effective in Wyoming than it is in Texas. I mean, West Texas, that's not going to get you very far. Uh, it's uh, it would need a it, you, it would take a lot more. And on your point, Ryan, I think uh, you have to agree. I mean, if if the government came in and and did the lockdowns, they forced these companies not to go into work, and they don't allow them to, you know, but X amount of people to go in. They got to do something to offset it uh, because they're the ones that are that are forcing it. Uh, if it, right. The problem is, is that if the government, I guess, if the government had insurance, like, you know, commie insurance, so when they screw you over, you go collect from that insurance policy. Uh, that would be a, it. Would, it wouldn't work because everyone would be suing them all the time. But theoretically, you could at least be collecting from the insurance provider. Um, in this case, though, the problem is to collect from the government, they're collecting from us. Right. So we're the ones paying the you know the government. So. You know, the government screws you over and then you're the one that pays for the money back. And so it's that that's kind of the, the loop that you get into that, that causes it a problem. So um, not, there's no good solution other than you know, not let the government screw you over, which is hard to do. They have the guns. Yeah, hard to do. Well, here's an article. Uh, Fed Reserve Banks examine energy and the overall economy. 
Uh, now, I don't know what most most of our listener, listeners think of the Fed, but um, I'm uh, I'm a little I'm a little worried if they try to step in and and, and do much, honestly. So I, I they they are looking at uh, energy and and trying to come up with some sort of solution. And again, this might be similar to what we we're talking about with Wyoming. This may be from a federal level. Um, trying to figure out what they can do to help these energy companies, which it, it'll be this, it'll be the same situation. You know, if, if the government is at fault for uh, forcing some of these companies to shut down, then they have to make some sort of move. But where oil price is right now, heck, if, if the government wouldn't have done the lockdown here in the States, um, but every other nation on earth did, I wonder what that would have, how it would have affected the, the oil price. Well, right. That's that's what I'm saying. So we don't know. That's the problem is that people can say, well, you know, if you were to um, you know, not have done shutdowns, you know, then the economy might have been devastated because people just stayed at home. We don't know what would happen. So we can't. It's hard to speculate on what people would have done um, because you don't have the media would have portrayed it. We just don't know. All we know is what, what happened. Um, and so that's the problem. As far as the Fed examining stuff, you know, that's, you know. The, the issue with the Fed is, you know, the Fed is or it has has a great record of, you know, supposedly having the insight and completely being wrong. So, them examining the oil and gas industry or, or anything else is, um, you know, uh, basically I don't want to say it's zero, but you know, it's not exactly where I go to to get my my insight on what's going on, um, because they 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 you know they're tied up with all the big banks and and all that stuff. So it's. It's not a zero, but it's not, not a whole lot. Well, uh, again, this is another one that's a little bit, um, a little further up north in Canada. The oil and gas sector sees record job losses. So there's a, 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 a tally that came out that 37% of oil and gas companies in Canada resorted to permanent layoffs due to the pandemic driven oil price and oil demand slump. 37%. Uh, or, or have permanent uh, or laying off people permanently. Um, and I expect that number, I mean, if we don't see it uh, change, I mean, Canada wasn't too friendly with their oil and gas companies already. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, I mean, the companies that are thriving or, or were thriving are probably um, not doing so by wide margins already. So this is probably, this may put, almost an end to the, you know, Canadian oil and gas companies. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. So like in the U S we talk about the, lay the layoffs, even if they call them permanent, we think, okay, well, they're calling them permanent. Um, you know, but if the price gets back high enough and they'll be back in the game in Canada with all their regulatory problems, you, you have to wonder, you know, will those jobs come back? Because it seems like Canada is really tightening the grip on, um, you know, on how they, on, on pipelines and, production and stuff like that. The other thing though, that might be good for us down here south of the border, way south of the border is that, you know, if Canadian barrels come off, now they have a different type of oil up there for the most part that we do, but if those barrels start coming off the market, that could be good for, for us, you know, uh, barrels off is barrels off. Now we'll have to get the crude quality debate and all that stuff today, but the general premise is that if barrels are coming off, then, you know, it could, it will increase demand. So I'd be curious to see, how Canada handles that uh, the next the next few years, but I, I wonder, Josh. You know, right now, 
next two to three years, how much you're going to see maybe some of these conversations shift to where you're going to, you might see things really tighten up as far as environment regulation, pushback, things like that. But then, um, by 2023, 2024, things start to open back up because people are just going to be sick and tired of just having their lives ruined, whether coronavirus or regulations or whatever it might be. And, and I mean, if you just look globally, there's protests that are still happening globally all the time that people are just pissed about the coronavirus stuff. And so um, I think in America, we're kind of being told to be docile and sit at home and you're crazy. But even the more socialistic type countries are seem to be pretty frustrated with how their government's handling things. And they're already socialist. Yeah. Well, um, there was a, I, I went in on the Inveris uh, website. I was doing a little bit of research, uh, getting ready for uh, the show today. And uh, I, I went, I looked on uh, one of the blog posts they have from November 16th. And uh, they look at oil demand at 2024 in this article. They look, uh, this is November the third, 13th, when they're writing this, they said um, for the first time in five years, global oil demand is set to average just over a hundred um, million barrels a day uh, annually. And, uh, and it said that that, um, so just, just to clarify here by November, 2024, they're supposed to be averaging that. Okay. So it's a, basically a, a four year look, and they're looking at where, where we're at right now, and they're saying, well, with the way oil demand is taking a hit, the way companies are being hit pretty hard, the way pushes are being moved to these um, other forms of energy, uh, they're, wondering, um, they're wondering what the outlook of oil is going to be long term with um, looking at the pandemic and the demand and the transition that we're, that we're seeing to some of these other forms of energy. But overall, I mean, they're looking at 2024 and saying that it is going to hit over 100. So they're, I think, at least uh, acknowledging that oil does have uh, the potential to grow a good bit. But I, I don't know. What do you, what you think about it, Ryan? I, I don't think they're they're looking. I don't think they're looking at the long term transition to oil in these third world countries and the the amount of opportunities there are there. Uh, I think they're they're, I guess, more convinced with some of these alternative forms of energy and the impact that they're going to have. Yeah. So let's see here. Ultimately, this is from their, their thing. Ultimately, while the world is back to pre pandemic level of oil demand, this accomplishment will likely be fleeting as the economics and availability of alternative technologies improve, enabling the developing world to get on the off oil bandwagon. So in the end, a hundred million barrels a day certainly isn't what it used to be. You know, I, I, I think that this, Listen, twenty twenty four. You can come and call call me crazy, but uh, I just no. It, it, so it's hard to predict the next three to five years what's going to happen. Um, in the sense that you know we, we've kind of reshaped how the world is and how it's working. So what's going to happen twenty twenty one, twenty two, twenty three, twenty four? You know, I, I don't know. Um, I would think that things will bounce back quicker than we might believe, but maybe we have a Great Depression type ten year period. You know, I don't know, but. By the time me and you are dead and buried, assuming we live to be the average life expectancy of like 80, whatever that, you know, 75, 80, we will be well past 100 million barrels a day. It's just not, it's not possible for that not to happen. And so I, I think, you know, you got to think within Veris, the, 
one of the things that they're trying to balance is that they have a big trading platform. And so they're trying to get these traders to come on there and buy their data. And so, mm. um, but you well, know, go ahead. I was about to say, I, I, that's the point that I was going to make. So uh, the one little part here, it says investors in the advanced economies are making ESG more of a priority, which is environmentally sensitive, uh, environmental sensitivity, essentially. So it's, uh, you right. want to you want to look green, right? You want to you want right. to look like you're you're supporting these energies. And if Inveris can position themselves as being in that camp, then they can get more investors in, to come on to their platform or to invest in their business in their business model. Uh, so yeah, I think that's an excellent point that you make. Is um, they they have to do what BP did, you know? They they yeah. they're playing the same game. <laughs> they don't have to, and they may they may disagree. They may they may say that's not what they're doing. But I, I mean, I just think that if you're sitting here thinking that, you know, by the time so this is 2020, we're supposed to be dead in what 40 years, roughly, right? 40 yep. 50 years, so 40 years, so we're at 2060. If you're saying if you're telling me that 2060, we're not going to be well past 100 million barrels a day. Let's let's sit down and just tell me how much, how, how little poverty we're going to fix over the next 40 years 30 years and i just don't i just don't buy that if you look over the last 100 years poverty alleviation it's it's gone gangbusters now there are people who are starving and they're in bad spots i'm not not denying that but to think the next 100 years we won't do better than what we had the last 100 years when the last 100 years we've made the most technological advances ever you know we went from can't fly a plane okay it's 100 and 20 years now, I guess. We went from can't flying a plane to on the moon in the same century. Couldn't fly a plane to on the moon. On the moon, Josh. (laughs) (laughs) We got on the moon. Like, think about that. You couldn't fly a plane and we landed on the moon. I mean, people were alive for both of those events. I mean, I'm not saying that you could remember both, but people, you know, if you were born, you could have been born early enough to live through both of those events. That is a radical shift. And so um, when you look at where we're going to be by, you know, what I say, 40 years from now, so 2060, when you look at where we're going to be 2060, how much different will it look than what it will today? Will we go from, you know, can't fly to on the moon? I, I don't know. But the efficiency in which we can do things and you know, we can communicate, we can you know, move logistics around now is far greater than what it was. And we have revamped the world. China has brought 400 million people out of extreme poverty. 400 million in the last 40 years. I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah. So um, I, I hear they got a few more. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm at, if you're just looking at those numbers, I mean, if, if China, I mean, if they add another 400 million to that list, right? They would still have 400 million. Exactly. There, you know, so. And the bottom end of China's, and this is what you had to realize: the bottom end of China's middle class makes like 3,500 U.S. dollars a year. 3,500 for the year. That's U.S. dollars. Yeah. So you know, it, as their middle class becomes richer, which over the next 40 years you would assume it does. Um, they're going to have more demand for oil and gas. And so that, yeah. So yeah. I don't, could it be that we have, again, a great, like a great depression, like 10 year period, you know, coming up? Yes, that is quite possible. I, I'm, I don't, you know, have no idea about that, but by 2040, I just, I can't imagine that we're not well beyond this. And, and me and you talked about this the other day, I think offline, um, you know, one thing that people should, should consider is 
once we invented the, the airplane, we could fly. If everyone stopped flying, we could go back to flying when we wanted to because we understood how to fly. Once we invent the iPhone, if we quit making the iPhone tomorrow, we, we, you know, they, they just ban it. The U.S. government, the world government's banned iPhone for three years. Well, if they live to ban three years from now, they can go back to making the iPhone. Now, there's there's a sense in which you know you miss the three years of development and processes and technologies and all that stuff, right? But the foundation that the earth that the, that the global community on is on now, as far as um, technology, being able to communicate, moving stuff around, is far greater than what it what it ever has been. And so, um, could things change? Yes, but we have the ability to launch from a far different spot than we did in the Great Depression. In the Great Depression, we were still very much, um, you know, we, we were industrialized on some level, obviously, but we weren't no, nowhere near what we are today. So um, the progress we made, I guess, is um, so substantial, it's hard to even think about. All right, Ryan, well. Uh, I mean, my grandfather, real quick, lived through the Great Depression, fought World War II, saw someone land on the moon, lived through Nam, and he lived long enough to see the iPhone. Yeah, it's unbelievable. That's crazy, isn't it? Right. I mean, it was early, early models, uh, models of the iPhone, but he lived long enough. To yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what we're going to tell our kids? We, uh, we lived through the dial up phone. We're going to tell them we lived through the 20, the, the 2020 year of hell. Yeah. The <laughs> 2020 crises. Yeah. Uh, tyrants, viruses. Yeah. Exactly. That's what we're going to tell them. <laughs> the oil, oil price and wars. We saw the price of oil go negative. That's yeah. What. That's going to be the major marker. Well, Ryan, we got a couple stories here for the Texas Roundup. Not a lot. Uh, you already mentioned one of them. Nation's rig count is up by 10. Uh, so you see price tick up. You see the rig count also increase with it. Uh, so I, I expect we're going to see that happen. If oil price goes back down, we'll probably see that number drop a bit. And uh, last but not least, we have inverse again. So I was uh, reading um on their blog. And there's another story I found where it, uh, it mentions the Houston Chronicle names in various winner of Houston top workplaces, 2020 award. Um, and again, Ryan, I think, uh, yeah, and, and I'm not saying I blame them. So I'm not trying to accuse them of anything, but I think, you know, playing the ESG game or, or trying to position themselves in a certain way, it, it does help. It does help get uh, things like that. Well, I so, think, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess you. It depends on what the, you know, when you when you're playing those games. So if anyone wants to come out and say that they're working on wind or solar, you know, I don't care. Whatever, good for you. Like, there's no problem there. Um, I, I think the 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 frustration on my part is is to deny the future of oil and gas. Um, at, at to pretend like um, or let me say this, say this way maybe, um, to promote renewables at the expense of oil and gas. Right. So if you'll be renewables, you know, I got some renewable stuff I deal with. Cool. There's no problem there. I don't, you know, whatever. Um, but to, de to deny the reality of oil and gas is, um, it's just, you know, it's not helpful. And I don't know how these big analytic companies can't see that unless they, again, unless they just think global poverty is going to be far worse than it ever has been, how we're not going to be better. Um, and so if you think that things will get better, then we, we, we will use more oil and gas, barring some technology that currently doesn't exist. So if you're saying, well, technology, some technology that doesn't exist will exist, well, well sure. Well, okay, great. Um, but I'm counting on 11 to 80, but uh, some technology that doesn't exist could extend my life to 200. I'm not counting on that, though. And so um, that's the problem with, with their predictions, it seems. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think, um, and that would be the question. 
that I have as far as in, in terms of honesty, if, if you were looking at the situation and you knew that giving a plug for green energy would get you more investment, but you also know that um, there are these third world countries that are in uh, intense poverty right now and um, oil and gas is going to be the key for these countries to step up, take that next step to, um, you know, it may start with coal, but there are steps of uh, that they're going to need to take in order to um, begin to climb out of poverty. And oil and gas is a key to that. And you know that that would also entail that oil demand is going to increase by more than what the green energy folks are saying that it is over the next 30 years. And yet you still say that that would be uh bad that would be that would be that would be more than just a reputation you, you actually know the truth that oil is going to yeah. increase in demand and yet you're still saying this in order to right save yeah, face right so it's important to say it well if you want to talk about cheap alternatives or you know maybe solar wind for you know an impoverished nation today that, that's great but to pretend like they're going to you know um be able to build their society off of that stuff is probably not likely. And I, I put this in the links and uh, I'll put the show notes. If you go look at the, this is according to the CIA. Um, this is the total fertility rate. If you go look at that data and you see who is above the replacement levels, where the people will be, uh, you know, 20, 40, 60 years from now, as they replace their populations, it's a lot of emerging markets. A lot of, yeah, it is. So, you know, maybe they will level off 40 years from now, but, but their populations are growing. Um, whereas other populations are not. So, um, anything else, Joshua? No, I think that's it, man. Uh, that, that's all. That's all we got for the roundup today. I didn't have. Uh, I didn't have much else to to pull. So there. So what? What the whole lot out there? Okay. Well, again, if you want to hear ads on this show, then do nothing. But if you do not want to hear ads, then consider going. It's ten bucks a month, thirty percent off. So it's seven bucks a month or seventy bones for the year. For the War Room newsletter, Josh and I will be back next week. Yeah, back next week. And until then, keep climbing.